Yeah, okay. Yeah? Yep. So the closer is better. Yep. But be comfortable. Okay, cool. G'day, everybody. Welcome to Wombat Radio. Today we're chilling with Jess Ong and we're at the foreshore in Darwin. G'day, Jess. Hello. Uh, let's start with who you are and what you do. <laughs> Small questions. <laughs> who I am? Well, I am Jess Ong and I do a few different things like a lot of people do in Darwin. Is there a common thread? Uh, I don't want to sound like a wanker. <laughs> Am I allowed to swear on this? You are allowed. I, yes. Yeah, so I was confronted with my wankerishness okay. at the Mary River retreat I did on the weekend because Rosalind Odes, uh, who's yes. a Melbourne artist, she yeah, ran a workshop where we recorded each other and then verbatim mm. re-said what the other person had said. Mm. And Jess Devereaux... Yep. Was me. And I have nothing but intense love and respect for Jess Devereaux. And then I saw myself on her and I was like, what a wanker. <laughs> so I understand the fear. Well, I was just going to say my the, the jobs that I have, there are some uh, similarities, but then there are not with others. But the main thread that would run through it is that um, it is about... Um, facilitating spaces for stories to be shared. And I think that that just sounds a little bit wankery. But anyway, uh, I'll go with it. Okay. And sometimes it's on podcasts and sometimes it's live. Sometimes it's on the radio. Sometimes it's in a gym. Yes. Sometimes it's in a sushi train. Yes, it does vary. Sometimes it is also in the private sector, which is part of my life as well. Oh, so, wow. Okay. Um, but f- we won't go into that. Do you find it's- that part of the skill that you bring into those context is somehow an invitation for vulnerability from the people that you're having discussions with yeah for sure I think um yeah I think a lot of the this is the thing I don't really consider myself an artist so I don't really um I'm not going to talk that way. No, I guess I'm interested to hear you speak about your skills, basically. Well, I think... um, And the insight that's given you. Yeah, I think think vulnerability is a hugely important thing in life and in art and, well, in every aspect, really. I think it's a really difficult thing to have people stare into your soul, but once you allow that to happen, some pretty magic stuff comes to the surface. Uh, but it's just getting to that point. And I think um, one of the most important things and something that I try and carry with me is being able to disarm people and make them feel comfortable. I think, and, and I think a lot of that comes with putting a part of yourself out there. You know, you, uh, me as the person on the radio or, um, you know, as a story producer – yeah, it, it is important to be able to offer someone something for them to then give you something in return. Mm-hmm. I also think it's important to be self-deprecating and to be patient and also I think realise that it is a real privilege to be able to straddle people's worlds for a little while. And that's, that, that is really special. And um, I've been pretty lucky to do that through Spun, um, the live storytelling night up here. But then also every Sunday on the radio, uh, 
is something really important. And and I think what's really important in the radio space is that people always feel really uncomfortable and nervous when you put a microphone in front of them because things do change. Um, but it is finding that time to reassure them that it is just you and me and you're the expert. I'm going to guide the conversation. I'll lighten it. So, yeah, it's it's a dance basically. And I think it's important to recognize that it's the person you're talking to has as much to give as you kind of do because you're not going to get anywhere if you're asking them to be vulnerable and reveal themselves when you're not willing to do that either. But that is a hard thing to do, and it's an, an, it's an especially hard thing to do in a small town. Yeah. So, so yeah. Do, you, do you find that you just have more fitness for being vulnerable because you're setting the bar? Mm. <coughs> That's a good question, actually. Fitness for vulnerability. Yeah. What's your vulnerability fitness <laughs> it's levels? Like a beat it's test. like, yeah. <laughs> Um, look, I, I play my cards pretty close to my chest with some things, but I think, yeah, I I think you need, you need to put yourself out there if that's what you're asking other people to do. And, you know, with vulnerability comes discomfort, but also comes surprises. And I think once you are able to move past that space where everyone feels a bit nervous and self-conscious and maybe even emotional yeah Yeah, some beautiful things can come from it and I've been pretty lucky to to see some of that Mm. so whether that's you know someone like the chief surgeon from Alice Springs Hospital talking about arriving in Alice Springs from um, Port Moresby and the whole cultural disconnect he had in Alice Springs and wondering whether he was right to be there and people questioning whether he should have been there to, you know, a woman I just spoke to on air who was a driving instructor and I was talking about whether um, territory drivers were the worst, whether they should get in the bin or whether we're actually okay. And she was so nervous, but she she was the expert. And I think, you know, she allowed me to see a little bit of herself that, she probably doesn't allow a lot of people to see. Mm. So, you know, you need to manage that and care for that, I think, in that moment. Do you think that the... the Part of the defensiveness might come from what you said about it's hard to be vulnerable in a small town Mm. and that... There's a desire to make things as good as they can be. Yeah, definitely. And what you're exposing is all the times where you failed at doing that. Yeah. And I wonder how we yep. we know about our failures but continually try and say, but it's not over yet. Like, But more mm. can come, mm. but better will unfold. I think that's something that living in a small town enables you to do. Yeah. I think... Um, Darwin and the Territory is a place where you can take those risks and so even if you are just dipping your toe in the water to try something Mm. people are very forgiving up here you know because something that you're doing is different and Mm. people respect that and appreciate that it's not like you're in a big city and you've 
got that hoity-toity bar or that that level that that people are measuring something against. You don't yeah. really have as big of a measuring stick up here, I don't think. Mm. Which sounds like I'm poo-pooing the creative space up here, but I'm not at all. I think that it's a real advantage that we don't have that because anything that happens up here is different. And I think people are really appreciative of that. And the industry and the sector itself are also just appreciative of people putting things out there. Yeah. And so there, I think, but that doesn't take away that fear of failure and that self-criticism and that idea of, oh, did I do that right? And could I have done that better? But I don't think anyone's sitting there with a microscope writing an article or a column for the Australian pulling you apart. No, but maybe they could and maybe that they would could. bring further legitimacy to your practice. Yeah, potentially, but I also think haters going to hate, right? Haters going to hate. Isn't that what Taylor Swift said? Yeah. I, yeah, I don't usually credit her with a lot of things, but yeah. She's pretty good. She deserves some credit, <laughs> Tay-Tay. <laughs> uh, can I ask you about how you're not an artist <laughs> and how you still make shit for people to come and experience and you craft uh, it and you like, there must be some, tell me about that. Cause that's an oxymoron for me. Mm. I guess I just, I, it's that imposter syndrome, I suppose is okay. what it comes down to because I don't make I don't even trying to even I was about to say I don't make art every day but even saying that I was like you're being a wanker Jess <laughs> but I don't I don't uh make work consistently and so I don't really I mean in one way I do on a Sunday but that's just my job mm-hmm. so I don't really look at that as an artistic pursuit mm-hmm. Uh, so I just don't really view my, I, I suppose I, le- I associate the idea of being an artist with a full-time practice, which doesn't exist in my life. It's right. something I flirt with, yeah. um, because I, yeah, juggle lots of other stuff, but, um, you know, I've been really lucky since moving back up here, which as I said to you, wasn't in my life plan. Yeah. Um, but some of our best things, right? Yeah, it is. And I, I think once I gave into the universe and realized that this was where I needed to be. Everything kind of fell into place a little bit, Mm. which was pretty unexpected. Um, But I've been really lucky to hook up with some amazing minds who Mm. have really shown faith in me, I suppose, in the stuff that whizzes around your head. Mm -hmm. You know, they've been one person in particular, Johanna Bell, um, yeah, from Story Projects. She's my she's my number one in the corner, you know. And I think that that's really important. You do need that person or people. And I have people, but um, she was definitely the one who started shaking my tree. Nice. Have you seen that olive shaking tr- machine? So, like, pick olives? No, but I did see something about apples. Okay. And I think it was the same thing. Same, like they put a, a frill neck lizard kind of thing. Yeah. Goes around the base and, and then, then the they just shake the, shit out, the shit out of it. Yeah. I have a question to extend on your metaphor of Yo Bell being your number one in the corner. Mm. What are you going out into the ring to confront, to meet, to see? Like, and why, 
why is it so important and significant that you have someone in your corner? I think you need someone there to riff with. Yeah. Because what are you, like, what are they, you know, pepping you up to go out and meet? Well, I think they're just giving your uh, way of thinking or ideas some validity and aren't afraid to give constructive feedback and criticism. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Yo and I, we've worked together on a few different projects and I think you need someone who doesn't see the world exactly the way you see it but is willing to ask those tricky questions that you want to ask and to also just mess with people a little bit, Yeah, you know, like that's... <laughs> like playfully. Yeah, of course, of course, not like a psycho. But also jovially. Like yeah. This is actually fun to engage and interact. And yeah, and also do things that are a little bit left field and uh-huh. to have someone say, oh, yeah, I can... I see merit in that. Let's try and make that happen. Uh, you just flashed me back to uh, perhaps year 12 and you were giving a presentation to the class and your topic that you'd chosen was normal. Oh, I don't even remember that. And you began by saying, <laughs> I, I thought I heard there was a bird, but I thought the bird was saying normal. Normal, and I thought, but what oh, is normal? Oh, yeah, that stupid pigeon. Yeah. Yeah, I still hear that. Really? Fucking thing. <laughs> yeah, I do. That was the bane of my existence growing up. I thought it was a great speech. Oh, thanks. Maybe I don't I, even remember it. I just remember That must have been interested. in, like, year 10, I reckon. Okay. Maybe year 11. Maybe that was the beginning. Maybe. I mean, I've always, you know, I'm in my head too much sometimes. Uh, but in terms of being language based and trying to make things into logic, no, just in terms of probably overthinking a little bit. Okay, uh, and also also trying to just find meaning in different things. Like for instance, uh, the last Atmos event, which is a listening party. There was um, one at a gym. Yeah, I worked. Yo um, was someone I worked with on that, or yeah. it was her baby that we worked on together. Um, and yeah, there were a series of them. I did one in a sushi train. Uh, the theme was hydrosphere, so it was all stories and sounds about Earth's hydrosphere. Uh, mm. But then the other one I did was the theme was meat and. I wanted it in a gym with bodybuilders. Yes. Um, And the idea was that it was looking at our relationship with our bodies, how we move through the world because of those bodies that uh, there's more than just form, Mm. you know. And that's because that kind of came about because I have always been interested in our connection to our limbs Um, and I'm left-handed and I feel real – I have – a really strong affinity to my left arm. Like I, I, I feel almost that it's um, like it's an appendage, obviously, but I uh-huh, feel... But perhaps it's a joint will. Yeah, it's body. something I don't feel it with my right arm. But So that kind of got me thinking and we, I explored it a few different ways, but, you know, our relationship to our limbs, talking to someone who uh, had lost... A limb, oh, yeah. who was an amputee. So 
that idea of meat and our relationship to our bodies also extended to our relationship with our limbs. And so one of the stories that I created with um, our sound editor, Hamish, was a story from a man who lives in Darwin. He used to own a butcher's shop. Um, and he, he lost was, a limb at the butchers. No, he didn't oh, lose okay. it at the butchers. He lost it before the butchers came along as okay. a teenager um, in a motorcycle accident. Yeah. Um, but do you want to wait until this Julius goes past? Yeah. Like dude with the biggest boombox you've seen just cruising on the yeah, back and of his a cockatoo bike, on and the a front. cockatoo on the front. D town represent. The cockatoo also goes on the swings, actually. Nice. Um, so, yeah, I heard about this man who, own, who used to own a butcher's, yeah. but he was an amputee. Yeah. He'd lost a leg in a motorcycle accident. And I just thought that intersection of working with meat every day. Yep, yep. slicing it up. Yeah, wow. and not having lost a part of yourself. Wow. Um, so, it's just stuff like that that... I think I am in my head a little bit too much where I go, oh, what about this and this and this? And how's I try and find meaning in relationship to lots of different things, I guess. Yeah. Isn't that part so, of the human condition to see patterns? Yeah, pro- yeah it is, definitely. Logic? Yeah. And isn't that some part of what convinces people of conspiracy theories? Because conspiracy theories present more logic than the real world actually has. Yeah, perhaps like the moon. Yeah. Moon or, landing. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, yeah, they're so blown away at the prospect that we could have done that that they just yeah. like, yeah. there's a short circuit of logic. Yeah, true. That could be it. Uh, so, yeah, we we do definitely try and find patterns, and I'm definitely a pattern seeker. Um, Hence the pigeon. That's yeah. definitely not talking <laughs> yeah. to you, but you're hearing them loud and clear. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. It's just what, How do you, once you've noticed the pattern... Then what's your process? Um, to make well, everyone feel really uncomfortable and go really deep with them. And they're like, mm, I didn't really, wasn't that big a deal, Jess. I'm like, really? It didn't change your life in some way? Mm. No, it didn't. So I go, oh, okay. Maybe I'm reading into this. I, not everything needs to be an existential crisis, you know? Where you yeah, start but questioning the story is more interesting when it, it, it well, I think when you it was interesting with that story about the amputee, yeah. he was a very um, quintessential Aussie, you know okay. um, hard spoken and um, very like friendly, yes, yeah. but also very tough, you know he was a tough guy okay. Uh, and, and I didn't know him. Okay. So, you know, we met at the pub and we had a few goes at... I just peppered him with questions, basically. And that's one of the best things about the stuff I do is that I can just be a busybody. That's 6.15, Jess. Great. Thanks do you so want me much. to just finish this bit or do you I, want I to would, keep going? I would love to hear from you your biggest hope for all of the efforts that you put into... Not being an artist, but still putting, discovering patterns and then going deep with people and then putting experiences out into the world that other people can enter into. Mm. I did a series earlier this year called Chatterbox, which was a conversa- a series of four conversation events about different topics and themes. Yeah. And 
I think, especially off the back of that, but also the other work, is just for people to um, ask those big questions, to not kind of settle for what's in front of you, and to, I think, to just find empathy as well, you know? Like, just be a bit curious about the people next to you and what they're doing. Um, Yeah, what they're carrying, because we're all just trying our best, really, at the end of the day. So maybe to be a little bit more empathetic, forgiving and curious. Yeah. Amen. Something like that. Thanks, Jess. Thank you. 